This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Accessing. This is, this is the Rich Eisen Show. There you go. Love it. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And you guys were wondering, <laughs> when I came in today, I'm like, we got a new drop. And you're like, when are we going to use it? Does it matter? Uno, dos, tres. The Rich Eisen Show. With guest host, Steve Weissman. Today's guests, comedian Michael Costa. PGA Tour golfer, Luke Donald. NFL Network analyst, Cynthia Freeland. And now, sitting in for Rich, Steve Weissman. And welcome to the Rich Eisen Show. It's a Friday. We are finishing the weekend strong. Great to be with you, Steve Weissman here. Back with the crew, we got TJ Brockman, Yo, up, Jason Joe? Feller. Hey, what's up? First Feller time. Friday. Feller Fridays in the Friday. <laughs> you need an air horn for that, for Feller Friday. I'm, I'm trying to bring the music down. Let's, let's go. Come Do we on, have man. it? No. Let's go. Come on. Fur, 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 <laughs> I, I was just telling TJ. Third time doing the show, and I believe in the rule of threes. Oh. So you, you do something once. All right. You, you put it on the resume. You did it. Great. You do something two times. You, you did it a couple times. But once you do, you do something for a third time, you are doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. Out here. Doing it, doing so, it, doing it well. you know, you go on a date with somebody. Great. You, you went out once. Maybe you liked yeah. them. Maybe you didn't. So you say you're doing it? Maybe you came back for that second date, uh, but once you decide to go out a third time, you're dating. Oh, so we're so we're we're dating. We're officially dating. The point of that is we're dating now. I was like, we can go home now. We can go home now. We're steady. Last night, the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs unveiled their rings Ooh. and these things are spectacular They're let me tell you uh, championship rings have gotten bigger Ooh. larger more and more ostentatious this bling is on a whole nother level and by the way that that's the ring right there we're not even talking about the box and all my watch lovers out there know when you get a watch you need the box and the papers yeah. the if, box. if you if you get i need a paper if you nick if you get this right you need the box yeah they um, open this thing up spectacular look at that it, it's red it's shiny and then once you open it inside there is a video screen oh, wait, what <laughs> with the highlights of the team going on to win the super bowl that turn is. that around travis turn it around for us incredible i, I mean, mean you can see Kel- the best part about this video kelsey's like what there's look a at that. video playing in here a video <laughs> in the box all right, let, let's break down the ring, though. Patrick Mahomes actually ha- had a part in, in designing this, oh, apparently. Oh, okay. that makes sense. And we have the, the Casey in the middle, 16 custom-cut rubies. I love a good ruby, by the way. I wore the, the burgundy jacket today because, ruby. July you know, ruby red. On. Representing the 16 division titles that the team has won, so there's that. Uh, then there's 50 diamonds around that Casey, symbolizing the 50 years they've played at Arrowhead. I mean, no detail was missed in this ring. There are 16 baguette diamonds in the base of the Lombardi trophies for each player who scored a touchdown in the regular season. What? <laughs> right? <laughs> 38 more diamonds around the ring 
representing the number of points scored in the Super Bowl. So they were like, yes, we're going to do 38 exactly. Three marquee cut diamonds. Brockman, you've heard of the marquee cut, right? I'm all about the marquee cut. It's literally my preferred (laughs) cut of diamonds. (laughs) But TJ's more of a pear shape, right? Yeah, I mean, it's my favorite. (laughs) Those are for each Super Bowl won by the Chiefs. Then 54, 54 more diamonds on the perimeter of the ring top to symbolize, get this, the 54-point deficits that Kansas City overcame on their runs to the last two Super Bowl titles. That's preposterous like what like what a thing it's just a weird flex like <laughs> hey we have room for 54 more diamonds what do you guys think um how about the number of points we came back from in the last two runs okay, <laughs> okay. Why, why not like, why it's, not it's amazing, <laughs> it's amazing. It, it is amazing 10 other diamonds for the 10 consecutive winning seasons that they've had and then at, as these championship rings go these days the top comes off. It's it's not it's not just a ring. It's, it's, not it's a multifaceted piece of jewelry. And when you take the top off, it it reveals the inside of the stadium. There's a quote from the Chiefs founder, Lamar Hunt, Arrowhead Stadium is my favorite place on earth. And then by the way, underneath the ring, and you, you saw this, Brockman, each player has their own signature, unique yep. signature engraved. Yep. So if somebody buys this on the secondhand market, you know exactly, or you may not because the signature is kind of funky, but you, you know who this was. You can was. figure out whose ring it was. Look at that. That's so sick. So, so here, here's the final stats of, of this piece of jewelry. 609 round diamonds. 609. 16 baguette diamonds. Four marquee diamonds. 35 custom-cut rubies. 35 custom-cut rubies for a grand total of 16.1 carats of Super Bowl glory. More than 16 carats in this ring. And and everybody gets one. By the way, this is 355 more diamonds than their 2020 ring. So they've they've stepped up their... (laughs) So you thought that one was great, right? And there you see both of them. That, that one had like 300. That's a great photo. <laughs> what happens in like two years when they win another one? How, what that, what's that ring going to look uh, like? That's going to have 1,200 diamonds. Yeah, Four-figure diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> because let's be honest, they're getting more. This ain't going to be the last one they get. Are, are ooh, we under, ooh. I mean, Over, under, Chiefs, Super Bowls? I mean, they're getting another one. It's a dynasty. How? At some point, that, that man ain't that man ain't retiring with only with, with only two. Oh, Super we said Bowls. the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. I know we can always say, but I, I, the, I, he it passes the eye in the sniff test. Like the, this team is going to win another ring at some point. I'll take the under. Have rings gone too far? Um, in terms of what? I guess it depends. Like what you want the purpose of the ring to be. You're not wearing that anywhere, right? You literally I'm only you literally only wear your ring. To the next <laughs> ring ceremony, or I guess if you go to the Met Gala or something, no, like maybe you might that's go a good to like spot. a talk show. You'd wear the ring, you know, that's stuff true. like that. But you're, it's just not. Most an every, guys don't go to talk shows. Though. It's not an everyday ring. It's not functional. Like it's I would definitely be, not functional. I would be afraid of losing the top. The top screws off. I'd be afraid of losing that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be afraid of losing. Let's be honest. You'd be afraid of getting one time jacked for that yes, ring. Yes, that, that's, that's the, that would be my that's concern. The the the, the greater have a price concern. tag on these things probably fifty k at least. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be six figures. Per 16 ring. carats with the, with 35 rubies 
With 609, more than 600 diamonds? No, Those okay. are probably the players and coaches ones. Yes, correct. The front office gets a little bit of a downsized one. So you're looking at least like 75 rings times 100K? Yeah. No, no guys, you That's remember, there's a, there's a picture. Seven we and a half million dollars? Yeah. There's a picture on we rings. show here of me with Jerry Jones from before the Super Bowl, right? He let me hold one of his Super Bowl rings. Now, I don't know if this still stands true, but at that point, when I took that picture and talked to Jerry Jones, he told me, and like I said, I don't know if it still happens, but essentially all the owners have to pony up and they pay for the rings mm-hmm. of the team that won the oh, Super Bowl. No way. Yeah, I thought I told you that before. So this is according to him. Now, like I said, again, I don't know if that's still tradition. I don't know if that's still what happens. But up to a certain point, that's, that is what Jerry Jones told me. Wow. It's a, it's a lot of money. It's more incentive to win. Yeah. <laughs> win a Super Bowl. And by the way, the guys do wear them. I mean, at NFL Network, guys have come in wearing the rings, and it's the coolest thing. When Will Blackman brought in oh, yeah. his Super Bowl ring, mm-hmm. I was the first thing I was like, can I can I put that on? Take a snap for you know for, uh, I <laughs> for mean, social like, media. TJ, remember we were at the uh, <laughs> yeah. Hall of Fame, and you put on Bernie Kosar. Bernie Kosar's ring. He won with the Cowboys. Was... I put on uh, Tory Smith. Michael Lombardi has been here when he was with the Patriots. Yeah. I put his on. Lombardi's like, I, ring was ridiculous. Like, I, I've put on Super Bowl rings before. They're, they take up literally two fingers and half your hand. <laughs> yes. Like, they're gigantic. <laughs> I, I would probably wear it like Frodo, you know, yes. uh, Lord of the Rings. I would wear it on a necklace. Yep. <laughs> <Precious>. <laughs> and, like, my neck, I already have three herniated discs right now. I mean, it would be a disaster. <laughs> my, my, my head would just be drooped. I mean, th- these things are crazy. And, by the way, compare this to their Super Bowl four ring. And that'll show you how much things have changed. I like these comparisons. In the evolution of championship rings. That one had one round diamond in the middle. <laughs> Ten small diamonds around it. There it is. That's <laughs> actually better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's a much simple more football. That, that, you know, that what maroon is that, around. That's Super Bowl four. That's Super Bowl four, yeah. Yeah. 1969. That's incredible. It's not rubies. It's some form of, I don't know, red jewelry (laughs) but i literally saw that ring online brockman being sold right now for seventy two thousand five hundred dollars the super bowl four ring oh really yeah that's a good that's a good investment if you're a diehard chiefs fan with some extra cash to spend like tj what would you pay for the first dallas cowboys super bowl ring I mean, if Wouldn't I had that, be, that type of if, discretionary yeah, if, if income. If you just had some extra money lying right, let's around. Just say, like, let's say providing I win Powerball tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd pay upwards of a hundred, you know, a hundred grand yeah, to have absolutely. something like that. Would that you? Would be cool you know? as hell. I'd pay that much for like a lot of stuff, though, <laughs> if I had that type of money. <laughs> for a ring that I didn't earn, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm paying for that. If it was gifted to me. Yeah, but you got a lot of money, dog. And it's just like, you've got but if money. If you're a diehard fan yeah. to be like, oh yeah, I bought. So and so backup lineman Super Bowl ring on eBay, like that would be cool. I think. Yeah. No, I, I get it, and, and and fans would love to do that. Personally, if I didn't earn it, you know, I'm not. I'm also not the guy that's rocking a jersey. You're a purist. With somebody Steve. else's name, Steve. You're a purist. <laughs> you know, I got. If I was broadcast broadcaster on the team, I would love that, and I would be really bummed out. By the way, I hope all the Chiefs broadcast team gets one of those rings. Because the getting- Rams did, by the way, because MJD. Where's MJD his? got one. Where's right? his ring well, all was, the time? Did MJD get the super player version? I don't know. For the broadcast I don't think, I don't think he got the super yeah, player version. Yeah. He, but you may, maybe you're able to like pay more to get that? Upgrade? Yeah. 
And I mean, you, look, Stan Kroenke has some extra cash lying around. He just won another championship. My like, goodness. He could, he could splurge for the broadcast team. But is that is it the same deal in the NBA where all the owners <laughs> kind of pull their money for the rings? I don't know. Because he's having to pay for the, the Nuggets rings. I, I'm curious to see what those are going to look like. The Lakers ring back in 2020 when they won... The NBA title that that's still kind of the bubble championship, the, the, the gold standard, eight hundred and four white and yellow diamonds, eight hundred and four in that Lakers ring. Where are they finding all these diamonds? <laughs> I don't believe they're lab created either, because, you know, sure you can get the CDs? lab created as yeah. opposed to the natural cut. Give me the lab created. You <laughs> <laughs> they don't hold their value. That's Nobody the difference. The di- Nobody knows the difference. That's true. Well, then just get cubic zirconia. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Nobody can tell. <laughs> what if Jerry Jones is like, look, I don't want to fork over seven million to pay for these Chiefs rings, like, or like, who did the like the Bengals, like Mike Brown, notoriously cheap owner, thrifty. He's like, look, thrifty, look, like they beat us again in the AFC Championship game. Maybe we should uh, let's get some CZs for like the offense. <laughs> bad, bad color, bad clarity, <laughs> yeah. just like the worst. It's like the worst quality ring possible. Small. Smallest carrots. Just because he's bitter. <laughs> I mean, we talk about the, the amount of diamonds. The, the carrots. I mean, that, that's what stood out to me. 16 carrots, which, but by the way, still four carrots less than the Rams Super Bowl 56 ring. That was 20 carrots. 20 <laughs> carrots of di- I mean, do you, so insane. look at this thing. Yeah, that thing's pretty, though. That is, it's a gorgeous I mean, palm piece of jewelry. So My goodness. I, I mean... But you you have to get insurance. I mean, you can't you can't be walking around with one of these rings. No, absolutely not. Well, well done though, Patrick Mahomes. Well done. All all the Chiefs. Beautiful. Putting that together. I have a new name, Jason. Uh, Jason of Beverly Hills. He makes he didn't make this Chiefs one, but he made that Rams one. He makes a lot of the uh, NBA and NFL championship rings. I love that. Those things are pretty, man. They, it, it it's next level. And the Nuggets will be getting their rings yesterday. They had that parade. Mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic, it, it changed his mind. <laughs> yep. he, was, he was not about the parade. He just wanted to go back home to Serbia. We can go home now. <laughs> and, and now he will go back to the horse racing. But he loved the parade yesterday. He stood up there, had, had his daughter there. Let's take a listen. I, I told that uh, I don't want to stay on parade, but I f- want to stay on parade. This is the best. <laughs> Remember this the, our whole lives, and uh, and when we see you guys that uh, came out on the streets, and uh, actually this one is for you. We love you, Denver. This one is for you. Thank you, guys. Last year they had the Avalanche. This year they've got the Nuggets. What is it about a parade that allows? These superstars to not care anymore. I'll tell you what it is about the parade, Steve. It's very simple. It's a simple word. It has four letters, and that is beer. Okay. Booze, champagne, I was like, alcohol is more than four letters. Cigars. Like, Mike Malone was turned up yesterday. Mike Malone. Yeah, with a T at the end, for sure. That I didn't quite know he had until last night. That was amazing. I need more of that. Jokic was like, remember after the game, he was so bummed to find out he had to wait three more days for the prize. I, I just want to, go, to home. go home to my horses. And now he called it the best effing day of his life. <laughs> it's because he's never had a parade like that 
And so he had nothing to weigh it against. And then he saw it and he's like, oh, no, I love Parade. Easily the most fun. The guy was like, look, everybody hates their jobs, right? Like, like you know, this isn't, this isn't me. This is just what I do. Yeah. I, I play basketball. And, and now he's like, ah, this is the greatest day of my life. I love everybody. I love you. He's like your drunk buddy in Vegas who's never been before. Right. And then he's just telling everybody he loves him and hugging. And yes. all of a sudden you're just like, dude, why are you hugging me so much? I'm drunk. Oh, I love you, man. This is the greatest of all time. That's Jokic, and I'm here for it. I love it. Taking the Jokic legend to just another level. I can't wait to see how he tops this. You know I'm going to call it right now. They're going back-to-back, TJ. Back-to-back. Oh, well, back. It's a little too early for me to you say You weren't that. in on, on the Chiefs winning a whole bunch more, but now. Yeah, but now he's down. Yeah, now he's the, the new J. Easier to win a championship in the NBA than huh. it is the NFL. Hmm. They're both difficult, in my opinion. The Boston but. Celtics won 10 out of 11 years. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, was, 40s, that was quite the dynasty like, in, know, in the, the 60s. But come on, Patriots come on. had their own dynasty going in the NFL. There have been more repeat NFL champions in the last not, 15 years. Not true. There's been zero repeat champions in the NFL. And I don't mean back-to-back. Back. I mean teams that have won, mo- how about this, multiple champions. The Chiefs have just won, what, two and four years, right? Yeah. yeah. The NBA has had five different champions in the last five seasons. Which is the first time that's ever happened in the history of the league. Well, we're the talking evolution. about present day and now. <laughs> the evolution continues. We're not talking about what happened in the 60s. More likely to repeat, Chiefs or Nuggets? I, I think you're right there. I, I go Nuggets. I go Nuggets over Chiefs because I just, the NFL is a league where you could miss the playoffs one year and win the Super Bowl the next year. Exactly. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I agree with those sentiments. Right. That said, we're on the same page. I, I don't think I don't know if the Nuggets are going to win next year, but they they would have a better I chance. Know, I'm just calling it because I want another Jokic parade. This Jokic. time he brings his horses. What I love he flies the horses in from <laughs> Syria. He rides the horses and he rides down the them street, down yeah. Main that, Street. In that was Denver. a no brainer. If no he ever brainer. wins again, that has to happen. Right? Got to happen. But what I love about the parade is there's always some random. I won't even say random, but not the not number one on the call sheet. As we like to say, not the superstar who has the mic, who's doing everything. Like for the Nuggets, it was KCP. He was catching beers like Stone Cold. He was doing interviews. He was running out in the street. Christian Brown was like running around with his shirt off with the WWE belt. That's like always fun to me to kind of watch and see these guys just have the best time of their life. Yeah. And it comes down to exactly what you said. Four they letters. Aaron Gordon. Beer. You know? <laughs> you start you you start yeah. drinking and you don't know what's going to happen next and now you've got uh, Jokic loving the parade and he found his MVP trophy by the way okay. thankfully the MVP trophy is back uh, <laughs> when we come back comedian Michael Costa joins the show it is the Rich Eisen show I'm Steve Weissman filling in it's a Friday be right back after this Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% 
on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests Work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This guy over there, Brockman, with his Red Sox cap over there. Do you have the David Price sound that when he was bitching about David Price after the Yankees beat him up in, what was that, game two? Play it. Go for it for Bill Burr. I want him to quit. I want him to retire on the spot. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to do I that. didn't go that That's hard. what I want. <laughs> he was terrible. Part of you... So furious at David Price. I'm so furious. But you were you were kind of feeling good though, like you're getting it off your chest, like you couldn't. It was have been, therapeutic. See but what like, I'm saying? That's what. What's with? Is there something about? Name another York? sports fan that that sees that guy. I don't know. Just like I, I'm, I, maybe I'm just a much more sunny disposition type guy. Were you screaming oh, at Harbaugh? This is about him. <laughs> this is about how great he is. Oh, I, now I see where this is going. I was confused. No. You know, Rich. I, I, no. I okay. You spoon fed it to me. I want to tell you something, Rich. Out yeah, of all the sports shows I go on, I think you are the, the nicest, most <laughs> even keeled, pleasant, respectful to other fan base. No, I just think it goes back to like the tea party. You know, it goes all the way back to like, you, you, like you don't feel represented. You feel like you're taxed. You feel like it's a taxed sports fan. Do you, feel, do you fan, feel the jealousy? Oh, don't you love you feel you it? You haven't been represented in the sports it's universe. Great. It's always no. great. It's, like it's always great when I, when I have another teammate come into studio because I'm teamed up against two on one with the New York. Don't you hate any time like there's a big Boston uh, game? What they show, they always show like lighthouses, lobster fishermen, and Paul Revere. Like, oh yeah, that's Massachusetts. I didn't see, I never saw any of that. You know, who goes to a tourist attraction in your own city? Exactly. You only do it when relatives come to town. Oh, like, do you want to? I want to go to the USS Constitution. Oh, do you? Here's where Cheers you is. Just stand in line down there. Well, have a great time. I'm gonna go to a dive bar. Where do you want to go next? You want to go to Cheers? Yeah. <laughs> just to let you know, it doesn't look like that when you go in. So just take a picture outside. Oh, do ya? Do ya? But welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. Steve Weissman sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger, which with supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com. Or just stop by. Speaking of stopping by, our next guest, we've got Michael Costa, comedian, daily show correspondent, host of Warm and Fuzzy on Tennis Channel, host of the podcast Tennis Anyone, was also in Paris with me for a weekend with Tennis Channel. Uh, Michael, so great to have you. So much fun having you right. in Paris. How have you been since coming home? Oh, man. I, I had the best situation. I popped in for three days, watched some tennis. Still got to watch 
the finals at home on my couch with DVR. You were there for like 37 days. At least. I mean, that's a, that's so much butter. It's so much sauce. I mean, I had a steak. I think they boiled it. You know, I just, it's not, it's not my cuisine. A boiled steak is, it's not right. I, I mean, you didn't come. We talked about my favorite place, Lavenue yesterday. Next time you're in Paris, you got to come with me to my restaurant yeah. and then and then you'll 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 like that cuisine a little better. For those who don't know, Costa yeah. is is a former college tennis star, played at Illinois, yeah. was once ranked yeah. 864 in the world. So so what was most yeah. memorable to you about about your your trip to the French Open being being a big tennis guy? Well, you know, it's it's like when I was starting out in comedy, you would watch the greats and it would almost be deflating. It was more like when you watched mediocre comics or bad comics that you thought, oh, I think I could do that. But when I went to the French Open and I watched world-class tennis players, it just made me feel worse about myself. It made me feel like I was nowhere near there. I had so, so far to go. You know, I had a great serve, but that's it, Steve. If you got my serve back, you probably won the point. So these guys have so many weapons. And it's just like team sports, too. The good teams, they have so many different ways to hurt you. And in a way, I watched tennis there, and I walked away feeling mildly depressed. <laughs> you go all the way to Paris <laughs> just to feel bad yeah. about yourself. That's <laughs> Well, they're just so good, and their movement is so good. And watching it live, you see it. You know, I... I had the opportunity to follow D.A. Points around once, uh, the, the, the professional golfer. And watching how those guys get out of trouble, mm. well, they get in trouble, and then it's like they're just back in it. And it was the same with tennis. They would just get on a defensive situation, and they turn it offensive immediately. And that's just not how I played tennis. If I was in a defensive situation, I lost the point, dude. <laughs> No defense, straight all <laughs> offense. Paul Westfall back in the yeah. day uh, you, yeah. you, at, at Tennis Channel, uh, you, you host the, the warm and fuzzy segments, yeah. which which are different. Yeah. It's a more relaxed setting. So, yeah. you got all yeah. the stars to come in there. Who who stood out to you or, or surprised you? Yeah, I mean, you know, the number one player in the world at the time, Carlos Alcaraz, now it's Novak Djokovic, but I love talking to Carlos Alcaraz because he plays with such an animalistic hunger, but then he was just so chill talking to me. Iga was that way, the number one female player in the world. Iga Sviantec, yeah. Um, Yeah, they just have such a hunger and an intensity to rip your heart out on the court, but then I was amazed at how kind of calm and zen – and chill they were. I mean, Iga talked about the books she was reading, and they're not self-help books. They're not become better tennis player books. They're like fiction and, and adventure and mystery. And I just, it's, for me, it's really fun to see that these world-class robots, so to speak, actually do have other things in their lives. And it's, it's fun for me to, to listen to that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Iga always she has her own book club that that she started. She right. she's very very introspective. Uh, you brought I mean, up that's that's pretty cool. That's I mean, like what other sport? I don't think you're watching the NBA Finals this week. Going, I wonder which one of these guys are going to have a book club. They might, <laughs> they might, but that's just not my first thought. 
who who's into Pride and Prejudice right before Game Four? I, I I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Alcaraz, you left before yeah. that that semifinal. We got it though. We got yeah. Novak Djokovic, Carlos Alcaraz. Yeah. What we've been waiting for for more than a year. What'd you think of that match? Yeah. yeah, that that was a bummer. I mean, it was excellent tennis for the first two sets. But what I do like about what happened is when. The average sports fan sees how physical tennis is. It always kind of makes me happy a little bit because I think it's easy to watch and go, oh, yeah, you play five sets or, or whatever the case may be. But when you really see that the mo- one of the most fit players on tour play a third set against Novak Djokovic because his body breaks down, um, it just shows the whole world how much conditioning – is important. It's just so physical. My God. I mean, I'm sitting on the couch, making coffee, eating popcorn, barely doing anything. And I'm watching this guy run around and eventually his body broke down. It was really sad, but I think, I think it gives him and his team the opportunity to fix this early on in his career. Cause he's only 20, Steve. Yeah. Nuts. And he said, I mean, he talked about the nerves because obviously yeah. you look at Carlos Alcaraz, the guy's in shape, but the combination yeah. of those nerves playing against yeah. Novak Djokovic, three out of five, Roland Garros, he couldn't yeah. couldn't handle that, and he cramped. And it, as yeah. you know, as you know, once the cramps creep in, you're done for That's hours. Bad. You're you're not you're yeah, not getting out I'm of really, that. And really and it proved curious. a point with with Djokovic. Just yeah, you know, Courier was talking about on the um, commentary about how that create this muscle tension and I'm always curious in team sports if that's the same thing I mean is a lineman feeling nervous and therefore cramps more often or does that not happen because it's more of a team environment where your your teammate can cover for you I don't know but I mean it's so interesting to think the more nervous you are the crappier your muscles do but that's essentially what happens yeah no that's a great question I, I would think that an individual sport it would be much more of a factor because you're only yeah. relying on yourself. At least if you're in a team yeah. sport, you know, somebody else can pick you up. Uh, Michael Costa here yeah. on the Rich Eisen Show. Steve Weissman filling in for Rich today. If you were the commissioner of tennis, Costa, what changes would you make to improve the sport? I think the immediate first, I have two. I have one for okay. the viewing public and I have one for the actual players. The first one for the viewing public when I'm watching a match on TV, I think it would be really beneficial to show the people at home how much money they're playing for. <laughs> so, look, we always put the Tennis Channel logo or the CBS logo. It should say plus or minus $68,000. It should say at a final, these guys are playing for 3 million euros right now. I think to the sports betters, I think to the people that are – sitting in Caesar's Sportsbook in Vegas who don't know the first thing about tennis, and they see that number, they'll go, oh, this is interesting. No wonder that person just double-faulted. They're playing for $3 million. The, f- the next thing I would change for players, we got to lose the let, <laughs> okay. in my opinion. As a former, as a former college player, uh, if your first or second serve hit the net, um, it, you, know, you had to play it. It wasn't a redo. I think volleyball made that change years ago. It's 
it's sped up the sport. I think tennis would be really helpful. That's the first thing I would change. I love that. I, I'm totally on board with that. It, college tennis yep. changed this year, women's as well. So if the ball yep. hits the net and goes over, it, it, it counts. Uh, no, no lets anymore. I, I, I'm on board with that. You, you could be the commissioner what do you, what do you think about of the sport my, of tennis. What do you think about my money idea? That's fine. I, I, <laughs> that's more of a, yeah. I don't think that's a, you know, that's not the tour, you know, making that decision. That's yeah. tennis channel or, you know, the broadcast yeah. partner. But yeah, if you want to but, put. But don't, I mean, don't you think like, I would like that in all sports. I don't know. You know, I would, but I guess you can't really do that with the team sport. I just think it would help tennis show people that there's legit stakes here. You know, I don't know. That's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm a money guy. I like money. Yeah, we, we, we all love the money. Brockman was just saying, yeah, you know, in golf, like how much is that putt yeah. worth, right? What, yeah. what are we, oh what are God. we playing totally. for right now? What, what's yeah. that? What's this yeah, final yeah. hole? What, you know, go from one to five. What's the difference in the amount of money? Um, obviously, yeah. we talked a lot about tennis with you. How did you go from tennis player to comedian? Yeah, great question. I think the answer, and I say I think, I have explored this with individual therapists. That's not a joke. Um, I'm the youngest of four kids. Good family, great parents, but it was, a, it was a competition to get mom and dad's attention. So there was always humor. That was kind of how you got mom and dad's attention. But I was kind of good at tennis a good junior, wanted to go down that path, wanted to try to win Grand Slams. Obviously, I got a long way away from that. But while I was waiting for my matches, and there was a lot of waiting in tennis, there's a lot of waiting, too, like me, because I would lose the first day of the week. I have six days to wait around. As a way to kind of deal with some nerves, as a way to get my head out of the sport, I would jot down funny things that happened at the airport. I would jot down funny ideas. I always liked comedy. And by the time I was done playing tennis, and by, the t- by when I say being done, I mean I ran out of money, I had four notebooks of jokes, things that I thought were funny. So I was coaching at University of Michigan for two years. I signed up for an open mic at a German bar. And uh, 21 years later, I'm talking to Steve Weissman, filling in for Rich Eisen, and uh, it's a big <laughs> success story. <laughs> That, that it, it all comes full circle from uh, yeah. from, from Ann Arbor, Michigan. That, that's incredible. Yeah. So, what was the process of yeah. getting on the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Michael? Yeah, it was it was a really fun one. It was a hard one. Uh, there was an opening, and they asked, and they said, "Can you send us uh, a, a, an original uh, piece in the commentary uh, a, a commentary on today's society?" that you write so i wrote a little piece about gun control sent that in didn't hear anything for three weeks four weeks thought they didn't even get it double checked that the link was clicked uh eventually i got another email that said can you come to new york and write in another piece uh, a social commentary on our on our society i did a piece about um the the polarization of the united states uh politically of course, trying to be funny, not all serious. <laughs> and uh, and I knew, you know, Steve, I knew something was up because I was living in L.A. at the time, and I went to the comedy store to do a set one Saturday night, and I'm on stage performing. And I look over, and I go, is that Trevor Noah in the back watching me? You know, like, that's not the kind of thing I normally see. And I, 
I, I didn't know Trevor personally, but I knew he was the host of The Daily Show. And when you're kind of vying for a position, when the guy who hosts the show randomly shows up at your stand-up, I go, hmm, he might be interested in having me. So uh, that was a good sign. And eventually he asked me to be on it, and, man, am I thankful he did. What, what What's he like? What, what's Trevor like? Oh, man, he's chill. He's a great boss. He... Um, he was always so supportive of me, and, and this is what I loved about it. He wasn't always in agreement with me, but he loved comedy, and he loved when comics would share their point of view. Mm. Now, to bring it back to tennis, he loves tennis. Him and Roger Federer are boys. That's right. They're in a commercial and for Switzerland. They're in this commercial together, and he had Roger on, um, and he said, Costa, you know, come down, come meet Roger. So now I'm chatting with Roger Federer, me, Trevor, and Roger. It's a dream come true. The three amigos. The, uh, yeah, yeah. We went to the U.S. Open final the year Nadal beat Medvedev. Uh, Medvedev we actually sat in the Tennis Channel box. Thank you, Tennis Channel. Um, <laughs> uh, Medvedev went down two sets to love, fought his way back to a fifth set. That that was really where I fell in love with and was introduced to how good of a fighter Daniel Medvedev was. But Trevor's great, man. I've worked with a lot of people in showbiz. They're not all chill. They don't all text you, hey, that was a funny segment you did last night. Uh, a lot of them don't want you to look them in the eye. Trevor's the complete opposite. And, uh, you know, we miss, we miss him. We also we also miss the Daily Show right now because yeah. the writers are on right. strike. But hopefully that will be resolved soon. Well, you, you do such a great job with your segments on the Daily Show. I, I, I love watching them. And you. you do a lot of these man-on-the-street pieces that uh, yeah. Yeah, put you in potentially some precarious situations. What What's the strangest, yeah. uh, you know, situation that you've been in doing doing one of those bits? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, you know what? It, uh, I, I wasn't sure what the answer was, and then now, now I have it. I've done Trump rallies. I've done Times Square. Um, you know, they they. Uh, We've had a lot of shootings in America, and they sent me out to Times Square to interview from other countries, America, about gun gun control and gun violence. That's always so interesting to hear uh, what Venezuelans have to think, what uh, you know the Polish have to think. So that's that's always fascinating. But my favorite that comes to mind is we went to a Trump rally in El Paso. Um, but they dressed me as the wall. So I was Ricky the wall. I'm in costume. I look like a wall. And, you know, we're kind of there to make fun of the wall. We're kind of there to make fun of Trump supporters. I mean, that wasn't the goal, but you're dressed as the wall, and this is Trump's big uh, talking point. And, man, did they love it. They loved me. Pictures with me, arms around the wall, you know, uh, and it was it turned into this odd piece where it was more just everyone's infatuation for the wall. And then, of course, there was a lot of protesters to the wall. Uh, and it was just a very funny scene. And what was nice about it is that I was protected. I was in this costume, so no one really knew it was me. <laughs> you became a mascot. <laughs> <laughs> I became a mascot. And, in fact, Fallon... And picked up on it. They didn't know it was me. They didn't know it was The Daily Show. And they were like, look at this crazy Trump supporter dressed as a wall. Uh, and it just kind of took it took a, took off a life of its own. Um, of course, there's 
there's real consequences and real ramifications for the wall and the border is not a joke. Of course, I truly believe that. But it was fun to watch scene unfold from the protection of a costume. Michael Costa with us, Rich Eisen Show, Steve Weissman filling in today. Uh, Costa, if you could play in the U.S. Open final in front of 22,000 screaming fans, Arthur Ashe Stadium, or do a solo comedy show at a sold-out Madison Square Garden, which would be the bigger thrill? I mean, that's not even a debate. 100% U.S. Open. Uh, That was my first choice of a career. Anyone who's young and listening... Uh, I hope your first choice works out. It may not. Your second may not. Your third, your fourth, your fifth. No, I really, really, really love tennis. Uh, It has a family component for me. There's six members in my family. We always played family doubles, singles. I just connect to the sport on so many different levels, emotionally, athletically. I, I love the mental toughness you have to have. That is my favorite thing. So I would play the U.S. Open final. Humor is important. I love it. It, it, The the gratification you can feel when you make a room full of people laugh is tremendous. But I've played big stadiums. I've played big theaters. I've also played 11 people in a (laughs) tiny room in New York City. And I can tell you, making a group of people laugh, thousands is nice, but a group of people laughing, it's all so rewarding. Like the, the size in a weird way. It, it, it doesn't matter as much, if that makes sense. I made you laugh. I changed your face. That makes me happy. That's awesome. That, that's really cool to hear. I mean, 11 people, as long as you know, a few of them are laughing, okay. that, that's all that matters, affecting uh, somebody's life. With the writer strike going on, you, you alluded to it earlier, yeah. what, what has that given you the opportunity to do? Well, I wouldn't have been able to go to the French Open with the Tennis Channel. Um, I love watching tennis. I always do watch it. I have my podcast that talks about tennis, but it gave me the opportunity to go do something uh, totally different that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm writing more. You know, actually, you just reminded me. I did a show once, Upper Peninsula, Michigan, at yes. a casino. Okay, there which which city? Nobody, it, I forget what it was. Okay. I, I forget. Sault Ste. Marie? But, but there was, it might have been. Yeah, it's <laughs> Sault Ste. Marie. And that's always annoying, Sault Ste. Marie, because your your cell phone keeps pulling the Canadian Rogers signal. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so then I, like, get home, and I got, like, $1,000 of roaming charges, you know? <laughs> and you're like, but I was in Michigan. Um, I did a show there in front of nobody. Okay? <laughs> there, was, there was nobody in the audience. And the casino manager was like, for you to get paid, you have to go perform. And I stood up on this. This is not my proudest moment. I stood up on stage and performed 20 minutes of jokes to an absolutely empty room. Zero. That, that was tough. Zero was humans. Tough. I don't even think there was a, a waiter or waitress there because who, who would they wait on? <laughs> <laughs> you? <laughs> I, I mean, so that, that's, you know, uh, yeah, that's a memory that comes to mind. Um, what was the other question you had? What, what led me to the other, other question? Well, it was about it was about the you know what you've been able to do with the writer strike. What, oh, what, right. what what new things you've been able to kind of do in the in the time that you've had now? Yeah, yeah, more more stand up for sure. I live in New York City. It's a great great city to do stand up comedy in, and and tennis. 
And so it's been fun. And I, and, and God forbid I say it, but it's true. Also spend more time with my family. Ugh, yuck. <laughs> You've, we, now it was an eight week old. So now it's probably like yeah. 10 or 11 weeks old. Yeah. Now it's like a nine or 10 year okay. old. And, excuse me, year. <laughs> ten, nine or 10 <laughs> They grow up fast, Costa. <laughs> they grow up fast. So uh, helping with the baby is always fun. Of course, she's very cute. Uh, I have to admit, as a man, I don't really get baby, you know. Um, I'm better with the three-, four-, five-year-old that wants to kick the soccer ball, play catch, uh, go hunting for dinosaurs. The baby, I just kind of hold it, and it's really cute, but I'm just kind of waiting for her to get bigger. For her to want to go hunt dinosaurs as well. Where where yeah. can where can the yeah. fans find you next? MichaelCosta.com, all dates. I'll be in Phoenix. I'll be in Las Vegas. Uh, please listen to my Tennis Anyone podcast. We usually talk about tennis, not always. <laughs> but I really appreciate you having me on, and it was fun to reconnect with you at, at the French Open. Yeah, I, I, am, I am very grateful for our new friendship. Appreciate you taking the time right. to come on the show today, and uh, hopefully get, get to see you do your thing, whether it's you know Phoenix, Florida, Vegas, something like that. But look forward to having yeah. you back at Tennis Channel as well. Michael Costa, uh, appreciate the time today. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Costa, awesome. Uh, so cool. What we did is it's called a fill segment, obviously, in, in TV terms. So there was a, a big gap in between the end of one match and the start of another. And we had about 25 minutes, and it was just me and Costa on our Tennis Channel set. Yeah. And there's no better person <laughs> to do a fill segment with than a comedian. Absolutely. He literally throw anything out there and uh and he's got something great to say so it, it was awesome to have him in paris glad he got to have that experience you can check out some of that content uh on tennis channel social media as well the warm and fuzzy segments much more still to come here rich eisen show steve weissman filling in give us a call 844-204-RICH back after this this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. When did you first know that you were part of something that was huge and becoming big i'll give you one that i this is will seem an odd answer and i haven't said this i haven't thought of this till you asked me this question so it's all incremental like ooh, you know you went out to eat in california on a vacation and because i did the late show well what does the swami want to drink you know in 1981 like what i mean but that's more incremental 1983 you will laugh the America's Cup race that we lost to, off Newport, the seventh race, mm -hmm. the, the wing keeled land down under, okay, sailboat racing, right? Right. But it was like a Tuesday afternoon, don't quote me on that. And 
one of the Providence stations had a helicopter that they were televising in Rhode Island and some sort of commentary. And we picked up the feed at two o'clock when it was on the big seventh race of Australia's United States. The sailboat race, two in the afternoon, I, I want to say a Tuesday. With no, we didn't tell anybody. I think they arranged it at 145, yeah. you know, typical. The rating we got, or, or the amount of people that saw this, who just, well, if it's on, it'll be there. But that's 1983. We only started in 79, Rich. So a sailboat race in the middle of a day, yeah. of a week, and people were looking for us. Because if they don't have it, nobody will. Right. And so this isn't what, oh, now I know we're going to be big time. Mm -hmm. But this is what I knew, that people knew who we were, what we stood for, and what potentially we could give them, even without any promotion. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that one in a long time. I would so not have you guessed. dug it out of me. There we okay. go. I like what it. What an I, interviewer, man. I got Just it. Don't I, make me cry on the set. I, <laughs> <laughs> Two of the best right there. Boomer and Rich back on the Rich Eisen Show. Steve Weissman filling in. Give us a call, 844-204-RICH. Watch us on the Roku channel, channel 210. Listen on Sirius XM, channel 218, or XM channel 202. Stream for free on the Audacity app or audacity.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. We've got some breaking news here on the Rich Eisen Show. John Morant, the Grizzlies star player, has been suspended for a minimum of 25 games this season. He will have to meet certain requirements to come back. He will not be able to participate in any team activities during the suspension. Now, this all comes from the fact that he was suspended eight games back in March when he was holding a handgun on Instagram Live. And then he did it again in May. He appeared to be holding another gun in an Instagram Live video. And uh, this is what Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, had to say. He said John Morant's decision to once again wield a firearm on social media is alarming and disconcerting, given his similar conduct in March, for which he was already suspended eight games. The potential for other young people to emulate Jaws' conduct is particularly concerning. Under these circumstances, we believe a suspension of 25 games is appropriate and makes clear that engaging in reckless and irresponsible behavior with guns will not be tolerated. For Jaw, basketball needs to take a back seat at this time. Prior to his return to play, he will be required to formulate and fulfill a program with the league that directly addresses the circumstances that led him to repeat this destructive behavior. Here's what I have to say about this. Mm. Get off social media. Mm. I, I mean, seriously, I, I, I understand not breaking laws, but I also understand you're representing a billion-dollar brand. And so that league needs to do what it needs to do. And Adam Silver has has come down with this punishment after once uh, suspended for eight games for doing this. OK, that, that's your warning. That's your warning shot. You do it again. Now it's 25 games could have been more. And by the way, this is a guy that has a five year, one hundred ninety four million dollar max contract set to begin next season. There is no need to be on social media doing anything. He's got 9.8 million followers on Instagram. He's got 2.7 million more on Twitter. And I said this yesterday. Believe what people you know, put out on social media. The, the subtweeting is real. You know, whether, yeah. whether it's Stefan Diggs or whoever. If you're going to keep it real, that's fine. Just don't share it. Don't share it. There's no need 
to press the send button on Twitter. There's no need to ever go on Instagram Live. No need to ever do it. I don't think anything good or great has ever come from being on Instagram Live. I think it's a it's a fantastic tool and people can use it, but 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 why do it? What, what was your reaction, Brockman? Yeah, lucky it's not more. We're also thankful that no one was injured in any of these things that he, you know, kind of threw out there on the lives. Uh, it just seems like he needs to to get his head on straight and kind of grow up and mature a little bit. Uh, as you said, he's he's the representation. He's the face of these multi-billion dollar, you know, teams and the league itself. And you're a representative of that. And you are a public figure. You need to, you know, you can say set, set an example. Are these... Are they role models or not, TJ? Uh, in the end, they are, no matter if you feel that way or not. So um, hopefully he figures this out and, and, and comes back a, a better man. Yeah, I mean, we certainly want the best for Ja. He, he is such an incredible talent, an incredible talent. What he's he fun, can do. he's exciting. Uh, he, kids are drawn to him, and I think that's kind of the biggest thing here. You know, he's got a best-selling shoe. Uh, he's in commercials, and it's just, you know, we have to do better. We have to do better and set a better example. And and when you do something once and you get punished for it, just just don't do it again. I mean, I, I think that that's another thing you can take out of this. I mean, he tweeted on on May fifth, "Who am I? Who was I?" We're not sure exactly what that means, but you know, he's going through some things. He tweeted May tenth, the emojis back on top soon. May thirteenth, seem to go my hardest when I'm going through it. And, you know, I have a lot of empathy for whatever Jaw is going through. Rich Eisen Show, Steve Weissman, filling in on a Friday. We've got a big show still to come here on this day. And when, when I see these tweets, you know, I, I, I believe them. And, and, I, and I, I, I never want to judge somebody that, that I haven't spoken to, you know, one-on-one. And, and, and you never know what anybody is going through at any time. And I truly believe we need to lead life with that sort of empathy and that sort of grace. Um, But I think, you know, now if it happens again, it's a third strike situation. And and that could be the end for somebody who I believe has so much great to offer this world. What what are your thoughts, TJ? I I just kind of feel like, despite what you think about you're pro-gun, you're anti-gun. You know, some people are all for the Second Amendment. Some are against it. No matter where you stand, the bottom line is this. Like, he's standing for something a little bit bigger than just a jaw. Like, you are the face of this franchise, which makes you a face of, like we said, a billion-dollar NBA corporation. So whether you like it or you don't like it, they're going to treat you a little different than most people would get treated. They're going to handle it differently because of the position you're in. So he just, he should, I would, my advice would be to like act accordingly. You know, you can go in the backyard and pop off and shoot skeet if you want to. Mm. Don't have it on social media. Like you said, there's no reason to go live. And then just understand that, you know, you're living by different rules when you're John Morant and you are the, the face of this franchise and one of the NBA. Rich Eisen Show, Steve Weissman filling in back after this. 